0: A Gospel reading from the 11th chapter of Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus spoke to the crowd, saying, To what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another. We played the fruit for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. For John came, neither eating or drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by all her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent, and you have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Thank you for having this salute. Because our congregation, when there was a baptism, the pastor took the baby. I did it in my own ministry too, and everybody did this. And it ended up online. And it looked like we're all doing the Hitler salute. <laughs> so thank you for doing the Spider-Man salute. I appreciate that. Last time I preached here was one of the anniversaries. And I had a bunch of high school classmates who had said they were going to bring numbers 1 to 10. And they were going to show them during my sermon. Well, fortunately, they didn't do that. But I'm glad you're here today. And it's a privilege for me to be here. I am a retired pastor in Elgin, Illinois, but obviously grew up here at Faith. And uh, there's a little history going on today because, Denny, where are you? Denny Johnson. Were you the first to turn in the fire alarm in October of 60 when the old church burned? He was. I was on the cross-country team and we then ran over there in the afternoon. So a little bit of history in the sky. Today. Toward the front of this gospel... There's some name calling. you ever been called a name? Was there a name that you grew up with that kids made fun of you and using it? Jesus is called, in the first part of this text, a glutton, a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors. Ooh. Friend of sinners. Oh, worse yet. How many of you... Raise your hand, this is not a rhetorical question, raise your hand if you learned as a child the sticks and stones may break my, everybody. It was a lie. <laughs> if we got hit with a stick or a stone, the bruise healed. But then we grew up with those words, you're fat, you're stupid, It'll never amount to anything. All those names that bullies love to use in their prose at it, or abusers, same thing in marriage and family life. Then we hear Jesus say, come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and your souls will find rest. Hmm. For my yoke is easy, and I'll get to that later, and my burden is light. There's a legend that, you know, Jesus' father, Joseph, was a carpenter and Jesus probably learned some skills. One of the legends says Jesus made yokes. We all think of an ox yoke. And you'll look on the computer and that's what they're probably going to show. He made yokes, perhaps. Now, the Jews in the audience of hearing this in the book of Matthew, immediately when they heard yoke, would have thought about the Torah, the law, the teachings of the faith to help somebody to get through life. And of course, one of them was the Ten Commandments and other laws, helping people make decisions. But in our text, Jesus seems to be saying, yes, His teachings, learn from me. Notice it says, learn from me. And he, he is the replacement of the law. We see that elsewhere in scripture because grace and love was higher than the law. I like in the Greek text of the New Testament, the word, burden means ship ships cargo ships cargo is that a heavy burden well who can imagine that I'm two days a week an emergency room chaplain volunteer every day I see scores of people with heavy physical or mental Burdens. It's like a ship's cargo. And if you ever get up in the morning and say, oh man, I'm not sure I want to face the day. You know what a burden is. <laughs> and I see suicidal patients. Some are in elementary school people. And a lot in middle and high school. Talk about burdens. Burdens. Now, when Jesus, it hasn't happened in his life yet, he knew burdens. He had the weight of the world and the sins of the world on his shoulders. And when he was carrying that, either the cross piece, and the scripture says the cross to Golgotha, imagine the weight of that cross. That's a ship's cargo burden, people. And could he carry it himself? No, no. They pulled, some of the New Testament in the Gospel. say, Simon of Cyrene was pulled out of the crowd to carry it. If Jesus can't carry every burden, when we think we don't know what's going to come next for us, think about Jesus and his own burden. This, my friends and wife, is a yoke that Henning Hendrickson, my our great grandfather, made. He was born in 1832 in Applebow, Sweden. And in Swedish it says yoke spelled with a J for carrying C-A-R-I-N-G. Instead of double Rs. Maple sap. So Hendrik Hendrickson used this with two pails to carry the burdens. Now Dina's gonna help. Nina. The volunteer coordinator is Dina, by the way, sorry about that. where I work. Worries. Worries.
0: Sickness. Sickness. Grief. Grief. Low self esteem.
1: Low self esteem. Failure. Failure. Doubts. Guilt.
0: Guilt. Fear.
1: Fear. I should have had two pails, shouldn't I?
0: Yeah. <laughs> you, you didn't know I was going to bring rocks. Hurts. <laughs> no. Insecurities the need for control, thoughts of revenge, sin, destructive habits.
1: Thank you. We might have missed some of your burdens. What you carry. This hung in what was, when I was growing up, my bedroom, but it's where ultimately a, a stove went, and now there's a mirror there. And so I said to my mom, the old timers remember her, and I said, you know, the only thing I want in this house is the yoke. And I told her that when she came to visit us, because she spent the winters with us where we lived in two different places. She said, why didn't you say that when you're up there? Well, I I kind of didn't want to just say, hey, I want that. (laughs) And so she said it. Thank you. Now you have seen a human yoke. Jesus is one who wants to carry us to carry. The Greek word, again, for yoke being easy, because those things weren't easy to carry, were they? But the yoke in Greek means well-fitting. And when I look at this text, I think of it, Jesus saying, my yoke is well-fitting. It's made for you, and you, and you, for whatever your struggles are, and all the things that Nina mentioned, and more. People can be yokes in our own life. So one of my favorite stories began when I was 13 miles from Columbine High School. I was a pastor on the north side and that was on the south side. Why well, we're more on the west side than the north. And then April 20th, 1999 happened, a massacre there. My confirmation class the next night, it was a Tuesday, we did away with, and the kids there, they knew people who knew people there, or they knew people directly. Just affected us all. And I have a little bear that says, we are Columbine. And we thought that would end the school shootings. Boy, were we wrong. Now, some of the students, two in particular, went to the, one of the two best places in the United States for closed head injuries and spinal cord injuries. It's called Craig Hospital. Superman, remember him? He narrowed it down to Craig or another place. He went to the other place. And so a friend of my wife said, does Arlen ever go to Craig Hospital? Said, no. But I had a senior in high school who was just in March in the state wrestling tournament. And he was skiing moguls at Breckenridge, and he became paralyzed for life from the waist down. And said, yeah, he's going to be going there, because that's where Mason was. Well, there's a young woman there who was in our daughter's wedding party, and she rolled her car in the mountains. And she's in tough shape. You'd think Arlen could go visit Jody. So I went and visited Mason, and it's quite a place to visit, to see the people that sip-and-puff wheelchairs. And, oh. and I walked into Jody's room. I had never met her. She cannot talk. She's got the trach and all that. She couldn't move anything, not anything in her body except blink her eyes. But her eyes, when they met my eyes, was a Jesus moment. The Holy Spirit just, and she would say later, grabbed us both. At that moment, complete strangers. We knew something special was going to come. Mason went home after I don't know how many weeks, but she remained. And so I continued to visit. And one day, we were at the occupational therapist table. And Patrick Ireland, if you ever saw the the film of Columbine, a young man falls out of what was a library onto a truck. His name was Patrick Ireland. And he was sitting here, and Jody was in her wheelchair over there. And I'm in between them. And all of a sudden, Jody did this. She moved her little finger for the first time. And the OT went, ah, yay! And it was like, oh, the winning, you know, no time left on the board, and the the field goes in, you win the game, or a walk-off homer. The whole place, because that OT knew that that part controlled other parts below where her cervical separation was. And sure enough, after many, many months, she was able to leave that place and go home and she had a wheelchair-equipped van. You ever ridden in a van with a quadriplegic? I did. I have to tell you, it's quite an experience. But she could drive. She, would, she was, couldn't get into her own church, which was an Episcopal theed- Cathedral. And oftentimes the ELCA used it for big events. It was right downtown Denver. She couldn't get in. There was no ramp for her, so she would come to my church, which is totally wheelchair accessible. Let's fast forward four years, from 99 to 03. I was diagnosed with colon cancer, and my congregation had surgery on a Saturday, came through the emergency room, and my congregation was shocked because I did 10Ks especially the Boulder Boulder, which is the most fun 10K in the United States. So I was in great shape. It shocked my congregation. I wasn't there. Guess who my first call was from on Sunday? Want to say it out loud? Jody. Jody. Pastor... Pastor, this can't happen to you. I need you. A lot of people need you. So I'm praying every day that God would give me your cancer. I knew I had 22 chemo. I knew it would kill her. Remember Jesus saying in John, greater love hath no man than this or person than to lay down your life for someone else. She was willing to die for me. I said, Jody, I'm going to get through this. I, that was 20 years ago this year. I'll be Okay. it's a reminder that we can get through life when we have a yoke and the yoke may be invisible it may be a Jody in our life she was a yoke for me I couldn't let her down I said to this God, I can't let you down or Jody down. Or my wife who was sitting there was a the yoke. My whole congregation was wonderfully supportive. And I remember then the next Sunday I only did the announcements and I just bawled at the communion table. Because you see, three things Jesus talks about come unto me you have followed that Jesus call this morning you're here or you're online at home thank you at home too or radio come to me and he comes to us and the songs and the prayers and the bread and the wine he is there for us and you will find rest rest Rest. Thanks for the prayer. Minute. Sabbath literally means not doing anything. <laughs> Just chill out. You spend a lot of time with meditation in your talks because I listen to them. <clears throat> and then there's the yoke. Many of us today, in 95 years, you've seen a lot of ups and downs, World War II, depression, deaths of will, and others. How many of you, looking back, found somebody who was your yoke, that the Holy Spirit, Jesus, raise your hand again, it's not rhetorical. Somebody was there for you. And I believe that you are called to be a yoke for somebody else. There's always somebody in need. And I get to play it out two days a week, or everybody would come. If you've ever been in an emergency room, it's a crazy world. And they're all carrying stuff. If that person's still alive who helped you with your yoke, call them, thank them. Say some crazy pastor from Illinois was a guest at our church and he said to do this, blame me, okay? Now, some churches I'm supplying a lot this summer, No, the sermons over when, because I don't preach with notes, but I don't memorize my poem. I write a poem for every sermon. And today it's called yoked Surprise. Depleted from post-pandemic, post-traumatic stress, post-partum, running on empty, Jesus offers his yoke, his life, a bond, a union, a pair well fit to help us lighten the freight of the world One day he would bear the weight of the world as he lugged his own, this is the king of the Jews' cross. As we wave the white flag of exhaustion, despair, defeat, and surrender, listen for his, come to me. His invite to yoke up with him in the promised rest That eludes us. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope these words will strengthen you as you live out your daily life. If you would like to know more about faithfully, leave a prayer request financially support our mission and ministry please go to our website at faithfl.org may god bless you in the days ahead